Welcome to another edition of the Doberman Dan Show. That's for lack of a better name. That's what I'm calling it. And tonight, we got a really special guest. I've got uh, Caleb Osborne with me, uh, an up-and-coming copywriter and direct marketer. And, uh, and uh, I met Caleb... Let me see. When did we meet? We met at Gary Halbert's Root Canal Seminar, right? Yep. Back in, was that 2005? Uh, yeah, yeah, December of uh, 2005. You were how old then at that at that seminar? Uh, I think, let me think, I think I was 19 at, uh, at, the, at that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> 19, 19 years old, and now, just within the past few years, has uh, become a very in-demand copywriter. Uh, one of the few copywriters that I would personally hire, and not only am I just running my mouth about that, but I have hired him on numerous <laughs> occasions. And so, that is true. Caleb Osborne it gets one of the few... Uh, he is one of the few Doberman Dan approved copywriters, and I put my money where my mouth is. So um, that's my brief introduction, and I'm going to let uh, um, before I before I, I get started, Caleb. I got to tell you something. I just want to warn you: this may be a, an incredibly interesting interview for you, because if you hear like I'm not responding or you hear me snoring, I have been having an <laughs> Allergy attack all day, and then the lawn care guy showed up just a couple hours ago, and that right. just made it ten times worse. So I took two Benadryl, <laughs> and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So like, if you're talking and you finish a thought and you hear no response from me or snoring, the Benadryl has put me out, and you're just going to have to carry this whole call for the next fifty-five minutes or so. <laughs> all right, fair warning. <laughs> so um. Anyway, that's that's a brief introduction, and I'd like I'd like you to tell everybody a little bit um, about your background um, and stuff like that. Like, have you e actually ever had a real job, or did you just get started in direct response young, and then you've never had to really work for a living like the rest of us? <laughs> that's a good question. Good question. I would say I didn't. I definitely never had a career. Um, <laughs> I got out of I got out of high school. I graduated when I was seventeen, and uh, let me think here. I did um, you know a couple odd jobs. I think I worked at like a Circuit City back when they were in business, and uh, only lasted a couple months. And then I worked at a uh, a restaurant, so I was a a dishwasher, and then a a, a sous chef eventually, um, pretty quickly because that one got fired, and I got to get <laughs> I got to get moved up pretty quickly. So I had to cook a little bit, and then uh, then. Um, you know, I really got it in my head. Uh, I think I started exploring. Um, I think I wanted to go to college, and I saw one of the bullets. This <laughs> copywriting uh, got me interested. One of the bullets on the back of uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad was like uh, how to pay for your college education with like I don't know five thousand dollars or something like that. I don't know. It was some interesting bullet. And I don't even remember what it was, but it was uh, on the back of this Rich Dad Poor Dad book. So I read that, and then I got introduced introduced to this whole world of um, you know, like uh, business, and that there's businesses that exist, and these are a whole different. Like, I just never thought to uh, to kind of work for myself. Um, so uh, I got in my head that I wanted to work for myself, and 
I uh, the next move I made was well I helped out my dad for a bit. He had a construction company, so I was building decks and things like that. But uh, during that time, I was looking for a, a sales position, a sales job, because um, I discovered I needed to learn how to sell uh, sell things. So I found um, a face-to-face selling job, selling uh, in-house uh, water treatment systems that were like a couple thousand dollars and up. You know, so it was. It was really good training. Um, I starved definitely for the first uh, two months or so because there's uh, there's no salary. It was just straight commission, but um, really really instructive in uh, you know just kind of um, teaching you pretty much how to deal with people and about human psychology and just uh, the steps to making a sale and um, you know how to not be shy about asking for the money. Uh, so that was kind of my background uh, before I got into copywriting, I guess, and. Um, you know, so I guess after I was a salesman and I was doing that, and then you know, all with kind of the uh, reading books and kind of with the um, the intent to you know use this knowledge in my business. And uh, I didn't know what kind of business I wanted. Actually, I did have an idea. I had an idea I wanted to do a uh, web hosting business. Um, and uh, I actually spent a lot of money uh, getting a like a licensing deal. To uh, have these websites and uh, or web hosting, professional web hosting, and a company down in Georgia that would do all the web design for me, and I was like, oh, this will be great because you know I won't have to do the work, and I'll just all I have to do is sell the stuff. And then that's kind of at the point when I realized, you know, I need to learn how to sell things. So um, the whole time, and, I, and you know, I was learning more about selling and uh, marketing and things like that. And then of course I stumbled onto you know uh, things by Dan Kennedy and. Uh, I made the connection as well at that time. I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I've never really thought about how the whole thing happened, and some things are jumping out at me as I talk about them. Uh, but I made that's the good. connection. That's, that's what I wanted to happen in this call. That uh, just to interrupt for a second. That's one thing I've discovered by by doing these these teleseminars, and I'm really yeah. excited doing them. Is because I I figured out you know neither of us do this for a, a living. We don't teach for a living. We don't teach what we do for a living. And right. I figured out that, you know, guys who do it, teach for a living or are gurus, you know, have this all organized and planned. But for guys like us, you know, the more that we can talk about it and have somebody draw it out of us, uh, you know, the better it is. We got a bunch of stuff up in our noggin. We just need someone to help us draw it out. So go ahead, please. Yeah, I think that's definitely an instructive point too. Because uh, the more I think about this stuff, uh, think it's funny. Like uh, I've been a I've been a black belt for like eight and eight I don't know eight nine years or something like that. And uh, when I first started teaching, it was kind of like I was like, oh, I don't want to teach. I have no desire to teach people. But uh, one of my instructors was like, yeah, but when you teach it, you know, you really have to think through everything and you really learn it a lot better. So it is kind of cool. Um, I was like, yeah, so so I discovered uh, Dan Kennedy. I guess I stumbled onto him because I was, you know, starting to read more about sales and marketing stuff, and that whole group of people was kind of connected, you know. And uh, I made the connection um, that uh, I had seen, like, directory response marketing and stuff uh, in action before, uh, like, when I was younger um, with, like, Matt Fury, who's this guy that teaches people uh, body weight exercises and wrestling and martial arts conditioning information and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of get this. And, like, this whole idea of copywriting and marketing and everything started to come together. I was like, oh, that's cool. And um, also around this time, I was, so I was 17, and I just graduated. And this is all kind of happening, like, really fast, like, during a, about a year. 
and then I, you know, I turned 18 and I moved out of the house and I was trying to get this business going. I was still working as a salesman. Um, and, uh, I also wrote a, a self-published a book, uh, on like, uh, some Christianity stuff that I had also been reading and uh, everything. And I was like, Oh cool. You know, I'll use this uh, direct response stuff to sell the book. And, uh, so I put up my first, you know, sales letter and, um, Google ads and things like that and was, uh, driving a little bit of traffic to it and had some lot of success, you know, uh, but I didn't really understand a lot about the whole, uh, there's more to it than just copywriting when it comes to kind of running your own, uh, direct response business, you know, like cash flow and how to manage it and how to reinvest profits and things like that. So, you know, I was young and kind of dumb and all that stuff. So I was still learning as I was going. And, uh, I guess about that time, uh, so I was 18 ish. Yeah. So this went on around, around the same time. Um, I just started working at another sales job, and I was going through training, and that's when I saw the uh, advertisement for Gary's, uh, I guess it was his last seminar, wasn't it, Dan? I believe it was. If it wasn't, it was pretty darn close. He may have done one after the Root Canal seminar. Um, yeah, yeah actually, it was one of the last. You're right. I think he did, a, uh, he did one in California that was the same one. It was called the Root Canal Seminar, I think. Yeah, that's right. Right, he did. He did those two weekends back to back, which I thought he was insane for. But that's right. I forgot about the California one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I guess, one of his very last ones. And uh, so I went down there, and I had, uh, you know, along with writing the sales letter for my um, my my Christian book and everything that I self published, I wrote one for the the web hosting business. You know, because I was still thinking that was going to be my main uh, job that I was doing. And I went to that seminar, and uh, you know, met some fine people like yourself, Dan. And uh, and then uh, kind of interesting that the pitch of the seminar was uh, you could bring a direct response project and you know if Gary thought it had legs he said he knew lots of investors and he would uh, you know help them help them uh, help you market it so I was like oh cool you know so I was just determined bound to determine that I was going to get Gary's attention and uh, that he was going to back my product and all this. And uh, so I wrote that letter, and I, I, um, I think I even did. I think I did a dollar bill letter in the FedEx envelope and sent it to Gary's office, trying to get his attention before the seminar. Because I don't know if I ever told you this, but because <laughs> uh, his secretary, the the one that used to work for him, um, I believe her name was Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. Teresa emailed me back personally and uh, and gave me some advice on how to make myself stand out at the seminar to Gary. So, um, <laughs> Teresa, yeah, Teresa rocked. I was really disappointed when she uh, left her employment with Gary. But that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know. That. I had no idea. Yeah, I almost forgot about that, but uh, I guess I can tell it now because uh, you know she's no longer working there and. Uh, uh, but yeah, so she just gave me a couple of hints, you know, I think she told me to get a, she did, she told me to get a baseball cap. She said that that way I'd stand out from the crowd a little bit and to, you know, approach Gary, not when everybody else swarms around him, just, some, you know, some nice stuff for her to do. And, uh, I got the baseball cap and that was when Caleb O'Dowd was being mentored by Gary. So I put Caleb two on the cap. I, I did it through, uh, one of those, print, uh, screen printing, uh, places on the internet and I got all that ready and, um. I went down there just determined, bound and determined to get them to back my uh, my project. I even put it all in its own envelope and everything because it was a direct mail letter. 
so it looked just like a direct mail letter, put a live stamp on it, just like Gary had written in all his newsletters and everything. And really up until that point, I mean, uh, it's not much to mention, is I never took um, any of the big home study courses on how to write copy or anything. I just, uh, you know, it was just put together from all the free resources like Gary's newsletter. And really it was just Gary's newsletter at that point and, uh, you know, anything I could pick up from Dan Kennedy or anybody. Um, and just from what I had seen by seeing these sales letters on the internet, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, and it made sense with what I knew about selling uh, to people face-to-face. You know, there's a process and, you know, this step does this and this step does that. And uh, so I, I basically, yeah, so I put together the sales letter just like Gary had written his newsletters and everything and uh, the best I, I thought it could be. And I think I brought like four or five copies so I could – you know, give it to whoever's going to be there and um, you know, all the investors that I was expecting to be there. And uh, so I, I went to the seminar and I, I, we, uh, I guess we handed in our, our sales letters and um, I don't know, the second day there or something like that. Um, after Gary came back from lunch, he, he called me up to the, the front of the room and, you know, told everybody, man, this is a good sales letter. You know, everybody should have it in their swipe file. And, uh, <laughs> I remember thinking uh, later, I was like, you know, the reason why I liked it so much is it was just a pretty much a swipe of a Gary Howard letter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You, you know what I mean? Because I think I even used, uh, you know, it was just a classic Gary Howard, you know, if you want this benefit, then this, and then, you know, the regular story that uh, Gary would have it, and just, you know, taking all his advice and everything, because he's pretty much my main source of education up until that point. Uh <laughs> So uh, I think that's why I liked it so much. And, um, yeah, so and not expecting it, you know, after I went up there and I was still dead set on, uh, you know, writing this uh, or or having this business. And then um, uh, one guy approached me and he asked me uh, if I wanted to write copy. And I was like, or if I was a copywriter, wrote copy for people. And I was like, no. And then I thought about it and I remembered how much (laughs) all the income claims I heard, you know, Gary and John Carlton and those guys make. And I was like, well, maybe I should say yes. So then the next person that asked me, I said, sure. And then uh, I picked up my first, um, I picked up my first client uh, there at the the seminar. Um, I followed up with him through email later. Uh, it was one of the guys actually that did a hot seat with him, with Gary, and uh, I thought I had a couple ideas of how he could improve his website, and I talked to him, and then uh, we exchanged emails, and then later on uh, I ended up doing a project for him. Uh, and so that was that's pretty much it, man. That's how I got started, and then uh, that was my I got my first and second client uh, at that seminar, and the second client that was there um, turned into be a a real big um like repeat business for me for I guess the first couple of years. And I still uh I still uh do a little bit of work for him now. Um not as much though cuz uh, I've increased my prices, but <laughs> uh yeah. You see yourself out of his uh out of his budget, huh? Yeah, exactly. I think he knew what he was uh dealing with, you know, he knew I was kind of wet behind the ears, so he, he was like, "Hey." And uh, he caught me uh at some at, in the low budget price range, I guess, the entry price. <laughs> You know, um, uh, well, first of all, I remember this specifically because there was at that seminar there was there was three people on the on three panelists or whatever I don't know what you want to call it, three speakers. It was uh, Gary, Caleb O'Dowd, and me. And uh, and when Gary when Gary reads something or when Gary used to read something. 
it was it was pretty f- Gary would like immerse himself in some he wouldn't just skim Gary would immerse himself when he read something and so or if it was good I, I should say you know if if he was reading someone that was crappy he would skim it and it wouldn't keep his attention but so your your sales that are made it up there to the to the front where we were and uh, I remember like C- Caleb was Caleb O'Dowd was talking at that point and Gary like started reading that I'm thinking well you know he's not going to read this right here while we're up front speaking and like I could tell he get he used to get that look in his eye I could tell he was like drawn in by it because he was completely oblivious to whatever was going on and and me and Caleb had to carry that part of the seminar for a while while he's just immersing your letter and that's when he said um he held up gives who wrote that <laughs> remember that it's like who wrote yeah. this and and he's like this is this is really an a really good letter. Everybody should have a copy of this for their swipe file, which I think I still got. I think I still got a copy of the letter in my swipe file. But um, but uh, a couple things I was thinking about when you were talking about how you got started. First of all, I'm really encouraged to hear that you did have some crappy jobs like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think like a lot of people would hate you if you graduated from high school and then all of a sudden, you know, just jumped into freelance copywriting and had this great, <laughs> great style, you know, making a lot of money. We'd, I'd hate you if that were the case. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got to pay your dues at least a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you had some crappy jobs. But I find it interesting, you know, you said you had several sales jobs and it was all face-to-face stuff. I find it interesting how many copywriters in some way or another had a sales background um you know that really helps you hone your chops i think you know you you don't really have to be a good writer to make it as a copywriter you got to be a good salesman would you agree with that oh yeah definitely um you know i mean it's i mean heck of a lot of the i'd say 80 percent of it is you know what you're saying not how you're saying it Yep, exactly. So I thought that I didn't know that. I didn't know that about your your sales background and stuff. Yeah, and it was kind of cool because uh, I think Gary used to give that advice in his newsletters too. You know, if you actually want to get better at copywriting, you know, don't study copywriting. Go sell something door to door for you know a month or whatever. And uh, it's I mean it's true. You know, uh, you immediately get a sense of what what works and what doesn't. Um, I guess it just gives you that logical kind of framework in your mind, you know, to hang stuff on. Uh, right. And yeah, I guess that's how it works. <laughs> so, 19 years old, basically, you know, anointed by Gary Halbert, and all of a sudden, that weekend, you know, after people were hitting you up to write copy for him, is when you figured out, like, holy smokes, um, well, I guess I can make money at this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I kind of uh I think I got pretty kind of enamored with it. Um, you know, like uh I still kind of turn this over in my head cuz uh I got kind of enamored with the whole idea of just being a copywriter um because you know, you every time you hear it talked about, you know, by Gary and by Carlton and uh Dan Kennedy and all that stuff, you think, "Oh man, that'd be a that's a great life." You know, they get paid all this money and just to, you know, write these letters and you get all this fame and recognition and and I've kind of always been somewhat competitive, I guess, you know, like uh, I used to compete in the martial arts tournaments and everything and just 
you know, always somewhat competitive. So you kind of, you know, you want to throw your hat in the ring and uh, kind of get recognized and beat other copywriters and all this. So I kind of just let, um, you know, the whole web hosting idea business just go down the tubes, you know, and not really, I never really did anything with it. Um, and I kind of, I guess what I'm saying now is in retrospect, I kind of, maybe not necessarily the same business, but um, uh, I don't know. I kind of think I should have started promoting my own products a little sooner too. Um, but at the same time, I, I can't, like those years, all those years were so great and so much fun. Like you can't beat the lifestyle, you know, even even though you're required to work to make money, you know, it's a pretty highly leveraged form of work and, uh, you know, you just, you can't beat the lifestyle. You set your own hours and, uh, you know, you can get, do it from anywhere and, Pretty awesome. You know, there's a bunch of times when I've called you in the morning, and it hasn't been all that early. <laughs> kind of like early, but it has been like nine or ten a.m. And you're like still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I'll, I'll admit the the uh, up until this past year, really, I um. I was just totally against the idea of getting up early. Uh, <laughs> I've always been kind of a night out. I was just like, you know what? I, I'm working for myself. There's no reason for me to get up. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I felt really like a slob if I slept in too much past 10, so I'd always get up. But it was never less than double digits. I used to tell people, don't call me unless it's double digits. But uh, <laughs> Double digits. That's good. I'm going to I'm gonna steal that and use that, by the way. <laughs> don't, don't call me unless it's double digits. Who was yeah. the guy... Clayton make pieces office that called you one morning like you know, it wasn't all that early, but it was like maybe eight or nine and you were still in oh, bed yeah. and he got all pissed off because you were still sleeping, he had to be in the office at seven or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh that was uh John Newton he called me and he's like he picked up the phone and I was all groggy, you know, trying to act like I wasn't sleeping and he was like, Are what are you just waking up? He's like, Damn freelancers <laughs> <laughs> he was all upset, and uh, I talked to Clayton later, and, uh, you know, Clayton gets up early, but he said he couldn't make it into the office before John. I guess John uh, was working really hard and getting in there early. <laughs> Speaking but, uh, of Clayton, yeah. I'm, I know I'm not going in in order here, but um, you went to, after after Gary's seminar, correct, you went to Clayton Make Pieces' big seminar, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh I mean that's yeah, that's chronological actually. Uh, I think it was the very next year, 2006. Uh I believe. It, okay, all right. I that's what I thought. I I knew it was shortly after Gary's seminar. It was shortly after you basically got started in copywriting. And then at Clayton's seminar, uh which I didn't make it to, which I'm still kicking myself about. Um he had a challenge. There were a lot of people at that seminar by the way, and he put out a challenge uh, to write a promotion for uh, a supplement, and you were recognized as one of the one of the best writers at that seminar, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the same type of deal. There was just a, a real good reason to go, you know. Um, so I guess after Gary's thing, I had really set my mind on, yeah, you know, I'm going to become a copywriter. And then, you know, Clayton had just started his newsletter, and, uh, you know, everybody was just, Clayton's the the man, you know, and this is how green I was. Uh, yeah, so he put out that challenge. So the I guess the the pitch was um, he had like a first, second, third, or something like that, and then uh, and the first, second, and third people got to work direct directly with him and were guaranteed a certain amount of fees. 
so the price was like five thousand dollars for the seminar and uh you know i guess the grand prize is like uh guaranteed twenty thousand dollars in fees or something like over time working with gary or uh, with uh, clayton so i was like well yeah that's a heck of a return on investment i was like yeah i just gotta win this thing and uh of course i didn't have five thousand dollars um I'll tell that story for you. Uh, so I, I wrote a sales letter to my mom who had just, <laughs> who had just got married, uh, to her new husband. So I wrote a sales letter to my mom and, uh, to get to borrow the, uh, the $5,000. And I actually had to go in person and close that one because it was my mom. But, uh, <laughs> I never knew that. This is all news to me. Did you really? Did you really write a sales letter to your mom? I really did, and uh, I kind of, it's, it's funny, like, some of the stuff I don't really want to tell, or I feel weird about telling, because it's almost embarrassing, but, yeah, so I, um, I was, you know, still struggling, because, I mean, I had clients and everything, but, uh, like I said, I was living by myself, and I was just kind of hard-headed about not getting roommates or anything like that, and I just wanted to, so I was kind of spending a lot every month, so I wasn't doing really good at all, uh, but I was, I was learning, and I was doing what I wanted to do, so I was like, you know, pretty much independent, I guess. But then the seminar came along. I was like, man, I need $5,000. I don't have $5,000. So, yeah, I wrote this uh, <laughs> sales letter. Um, and <laughs> I can't even remember the headline. I, I bet I got it on my, my other computer. I could probably find it. But uh, it was pretty pretty funny. And, uh, of course, the, the pitch was, you know, give me $5,000 and I'll, uh, you know, I'll I'll pay it back to you over time or something like that, you know, with these guaranteed fees that I know I'm going to win. Um, and even if I do really poorly, I'll get third place and you're still covered. So it was, you know, it was a pretty good sales job for a sales letter. And, uh, I went in person and yeah, her, her new husband actually loaned me the money, um, to go. And so I got to go to the Clayton's event and yeah, like, so I, I went there and I was all set on, uh, winning first place and just knew I was going to win. And, you know, the same type of, uh, uh, just determination I had when I went to Gary's seminar, I guess, and re- willing to go out on a limb. I don't know. I, there's a lot of points in my career, my copywriting career or business career or anything, where I've just always uh, – I'm not afraid to – I I don't know. I guess when you've been pretty down towards the bottom, you really know that it's nothing to really be scared of. Because <laughs> you're like, ah, you know, so I got no money. It's like – you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah, I, I know. Like yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. That you, you, yeah, I mean, wh- wh- when you when you got no money and you're broke, what what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, what's the downside? You know, and, you, and when you really think, and when you get to a certain point, and you can see like the very next step is kind of like off the cliff. You're like, oh, you know, it's not so far down. <laughs> and uh, so you're willing to kind of risk everything. And if you and if you really want something too, that's the other thing. You know, it's like if, if you're really driven and you know exactly what you want. Then, uh, then that's what you go for. Um, so. Now there were a Clayton seminar. There, the, there's a bunch of people there. That was a big seminar, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Yeah, all the uh, top direct response guys were there. All the top guys, guys going to to learn about direct marketing and copywriting from Clayton Makepeace. The guys in the audience attending are guys like John Carlton, Gary Halbert. Um, I'm probably missing a few. David Deutsch, I imagine. Wasn't he there? Yeah. Yep. Deutsch was there along with uh, Carlton. And uh, I just. Carlene Angley Cole, right? Yeah. Carl. Yep. Carlene was there. Uh, Kent Comey was there. Uh, let's see. Uh, what's her name? Chris. I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Chris Schwalm or 
Um, Schwamm, yeah, Schwamm is the last name. I'm blanking out on. Yeah, but, but and uh, but the, the guy that had just written a ten million dollar letter for Agora, he is one of their marketing directors or copy chiefs or something for that, and he was about to go out on his own, but he just put together this letter that brought in like ten million dollars for Agora. Uh, so, so guys at this seminar, the the, the A list guy, the, the the top of the top, um, at this seminar, and and still in spite of that, your, you know, after you'd only been doing that a little over a year or so, or a couple years, you still wrote, wrote one of the best letters there of all the attendees at the seminar. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll qualify that by just saying that. Um, I kind of highly doubt that guys like David Deutsch or, you know, Carlton or any of those guys entered that contest, you know, because it was an optional contest. Uh, I, I just don't – I don't know that they didn't for a fact, but I, I kind of doubt it just because, uh, you know, I don't know why they would they would want to because, you know, they kind of already knew Clayton, I guess. Um, but but just to have Clayton make peace, you know, if Clayton Makepeace just patted me on the back and said, hey, that's, that's, that's a fairly decent letter you wrote, I'd be like, oh, my God, Clayton Makepeace thinks I'm semi – I'd be, you know, freaking out to be anointed by a guy like that, which – and you were after just, you know, writing copy professionally for really only a year. Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't – I don't even think it was a whole year. If, if I'm correct, and it was in 2006, it wasn't a whole year. I'll say two things about that. One was uh, uh, I was so green that I didn't even know what a Magalog was because the only sales letters I had seen were, um, you know, Gary Halberts and stuff like that. So when we got this assignment for that supplement, I, you know, I wrote it just like a regular, you know, punch-in-the-face sales letter. Um, and then I saw the, the, the guy that won first place and the guy that won second place, and it was more of a Magalog thing. And I remember the first time I saw a Magalog, it was one of – because, uh, you know, I'd been hearing about Clayton, I was reading his newsletter, I was like, man, this guy's good. And then I finally got a hold of one of his promotions, and I was like, what the heck is this thing? This isn't a sales letter. I didn't even know what it was. And uh, oh, the other thing I want to do is I want to give a shout-out to uh, Caleb O'Dowd, though, because he uh, he helped me out. Um, I sent him my that letter to critique before, before I, I sent it in, because I stayed in touch with him after Gary's seminar when I met him down there. And uh, I, I was kind of... Uh, he had because he had written uh, I guess a supplement you know he had his own supplement business so he was uh, pretty familiar with that market but he definitely gave me some hard hitting advice and set me set me kind of on the on the right path um, but so he was a big help but uh, yeah I mean I wrote the letter and got it out there and really wanted to win first place but uh, through that you know the guys that won first and second place became good friends with and uh, you know Clayton encouraged all the copywriters there you know the best thing you could do. Uh, is to create, you know, your own little what he called a crit circle, where you just critique each other's copy that you're working on, and then that way, you you're learn constantly learning from each other, and you know, seeing what everybody else is doing, and you know, you'll you basically get twice as good, you know, twice as fast, and all that. And I thought that was a great idea, so of course I buddied up with the two guys that won first and second place, and we formed our little uh, critique circle, and along with uh, Tony Flores, who was there, um, I guess he had just started working with Clayton at that point. Um, and so we kept in touch through email that way. Did you uh, did you wind up meeting anybody that turned into a client down the road from Clayton Seminar? Yeah, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> out of all the, there was a lot of big direct response companies there. Uh, Gore was there, you know, um, Health Resources, uh, all those guys. And um, I followed up with pretty much all of them, um, you know, through email and direct mail to a couple of them, and. Uh, 
you know, those companies are so big, um, they do a lot of, you know, newer copywriters. And I actually got, uh, I forget which company it was, but it was one of the big ones. And I had sent him a sample package and followed up a couple times. And I finally got him on the phone and he was looking over my samples and he was, you know, he's like, oh, you know, this is good and whatnot. But let me just tell you how it works. He's like, a customer acquisition piece, you know, costs so much money to mail that pretty much, you know, the only people that work on uh, the customer acquisition pieces are guys that have been in the industry for, you know, 10, 20 years at least. And, you know, even to write, you know, uh, you'd start basically writing newsletter inserts, you know, uh, and even that you don't do until you, you're usually a copy cub for a couple of years or something, you know. So, uh, none of those really did turn into jobs. Um, I don't think. I'm trying to, uh, no, I take that back. Um, uh, Ralph Charlton was there. Ralph Charlton from, uh, Target Focus Training. He, or he was working with Target Focus Training primarily as this company and, uh, we ended up doing some work together later on down the road. So yeah, uh, pretty much, that's um I don't know how what the kind of questions people were asking before this call, but it, you know if people are wondering about things to build your business. I would definitely recommend seminars and just go and network your butt off and you know meet people because uh, even if you know if, if someone's got if someone's searching for a copywriter, um, if someone's searching for any professional business, you know if you know somebody personally, it's always a, a huge uh, a huge uh, jump ahead in line. Yeah, I I agree. Um... You know, a few years ago, I forget what seminar it was, but I was talking with Scott Haynes, uh, Mongo, Gary always called him Mongo, another copywriter who, who mentored under Gary, and we were talking about this, about seminars, and both he and I did not want to travel to the seminar. Um, you know, it's just inconvenient to travel. But, you know, then he kind of like gave me a slap in the head, slaps me back to reality, because back then I still was taking clients, and he's like, Dan, he goes, he starts asking me about seminars I went to, and I was listing some of the ones I've been to, and he goes, Have, has there been any seminar that you ever gone to that somehow or another you didn't make money from it? It was either by making contacts with people there that turned into copy jobs or consulting jobs, or you picked up some tip that you could use to make more money. Has there been even one of all the seminars you went to where you didn't make money from it? And I thought about it. I thought, no, not a one. Every single seminar I've been to, even the crappy ones. I've been to some crappy seminars, which were low, these low-priced things for like $500, $600, $800 that were nothing but pitch fest the entire right. weekend. Hardly any content. But I still made money from them because of the contacts I made there. So yeah. I think incredibly uh, that's a really valuable point you bring up is going to seminars. You know, you can probably, you know, send out, uh, you know, packets or portfolios. Um, you know, you probably send out hundreds and, and, and still have more success actually going to these seminars and meeting people in person because meet, the thing meeting them in person is I don't know it, it's always turned out to me to be the best way to go and and that sounds like how it's worked out for you too yeah definitely no doubt and like you said if it's not if it isn't a direct job uh you know it, it maybe it turns into a job in the future or just you meet somebody and it's you know, like our relationship, you know, uh, even if we had, you had never, like, hired me to do anything, you know, I've, I've learned so much from you and, 
you know, hopefully I've helped you out <laughs> a lot of times. You know, it's just you always meet somebody that uh, turns out to be really important, you know, later on down the road. Um, and, I'll, and I'll say, uh, you know, that's a good motivation to go to seminars and just networking in general. I, I got to say networking is probably one of the bigger um, keys to my success. Uh, but, you know, don't be don't be the guy that's always trying to get stuff from somebody, you know. Like I was, I was, uh, <laughs> like I, I'll share this, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, I got home from like Clayton Seminar and uh, actually it was up in D.C. and I live in Virginia. And uh, I was driving, so I'd get up in, in the morning at like 5 or 4 or whatever I had to do to get up there, you know, try to beat the traffic and get up there before the seminar started. Because I couldn't afford the money to stay at the hotel. Uh, it was at a really nice hotel, uh, the Renaissance Hotel here in D.C. And uh, and I, I was I was so broke, and I was spending my money on, you know, all this stuff. And uh, my electric went out um, <laughs> during the, the, the seminar. And uh, so I came home, and... You know, the electric was out for the two nights of the seminar, but, um, yeah, oh, what was I saying that for? Yeah, because, uh, even though, you know, I was kind of in, I guess you could call, like, a desperate situation, I definitely needed work, and, you know, I was definitely driven to, uh, to meet people and, uh, and everything and get jobs and things like that, uh, you know, care, actually care about, caring about the people you meet and just being a genuinely nice person. Um, I don't know, I guess it maybe it came kind of natural to me just because I had done, you know, a lot of sales stuff and you just kind of, you, you schmooze with people. But really, I think it's just because I, I like to think I'm kind of a nice guy. I just, you know, it, 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 normally if you do something, you know, nice for somebody, it, it normally just feels good anyways and it's nice to help people out and everything. Um, but I think that's a big part of it. You know, people can kind of sense when you're not being real. And if you're just a real person and a nice person and, and cool about your, you know, sharing whatever knowledge you have or whatever help you have, uh, not so much, uh, you know, just looking out for number one, looking out for yourself, and uh, that goes a that goes a long way, you know. Good, good advice. There's something. Um, there's actually a couple lessons I think people really need to learn uh, from from how you tracked me down. Uh, first of all, you f- fill in the gaps. I'll tell I'll tell the story. You fill in the gaps, but all right. Um, shortly after we met at, at Gary's Root Canal Seminar, I, I got I get an email from you. Of course, I remember, Jim, but I get an email from you. I, I may have, no, I was going to say, I may have saved it, but this was back before Gmail, so um, you know, it wasn't so easy to save emails then. But right. you basically emailed me a really complete plan uh, of, of starting a membership site in one of the niches that that I work in it was it was really thorough man it was the whole basically the whole business plan you know here's how you start here's you know here's how here's how you can build the content you know here's some here's some other uh you know businesses or sites that are doing the same you know I suggest you charge this you could start by promoting it to your list this way and basically gave me a complete idea to to make some more money in a niche I was already in. And then on top of that, you offered to work with me on that idea. And, uh, you know, I, I, I blew you off for a long time, didn't I? <laughs> you know, uh, now this is all, we've known each other for so long, it seems like, that I, I kind of forget how it all started. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it pretty much, uh, that's exactly how it went. Uh 
Yeah, when, I mean, you were nice about it. You didn't really blow me off so much, but I think uh, how did it finally? I think it finally turned out. You just you knew the type of people in your market and uh, those type of uh, that was the type the type of product that those type of people were readily consuming. You know, I think you had done something like it before, so we kind of scrapped the idea eventually. But uh, I know I I must have followed up with you a ton. And, yeah, uh, you, you know, actually, you did. I should have saved, you know, if I would have known you were going to be so successful, I, I should have saved those emails so I could, you know, show those to people like here. I'd like to show you <laughs> these emails when Caleb Osborne was a nobody. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, you were really persistent. I did blow you off for a long time um, <laughs> in a nice way, but I never, you know, I never really hired you for anything or we didn't do any joint ventures together. It's just every so often I got a, a real nice email from you, you know, never hounding me for JVing or with me or, you know, or having me hire you. But every so often I get an email or you'd forward me a website, hey, check out what these guys are doing. They're also in your niche, you know, and persistence breaks down resistance, man. After a time... Just thinking, man, oh man, this guy is just not going to give up until we do something together. <laughs> and I don't remember, I honestly don't remember the first project we worked on, but, um, you know, I, I'm assuming that's one of your success secrets for getting clients, you know, from people you meet at the seminar, just maintaining contact with them and actually giving them information to help them, right? Yeah, um, you know, I've never really thought through it, but I guess that's kind of. That's kind of how it is. I think I think uh, my mindset at the time was kind of like, um, well, I guess we're not really going to work on anything, but I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll stay in contact with them. And, you know, just whenever I came across anything, like you said, that I thought could help you. Because I remember that. I remember a couple times I'd see, uh, I'd see something that I thought might help you out, and I, I forwarded it over. And uh, I know I've done that with, with some other people, too. And, it, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of the... Just be nice to people, you know, and uh, uh, even if it doesn't turn out to, to be something, um, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty spiritual, so I always think that everything happens for a reason, you know what I mean? And uh, maybe you're just, and it's and then that, I don't know I want to I don't want to say that the wrong way. I don't want it to seem like uh, you're doing good things to try to get good things, but um, you never know who's gonna who knows somebody or how people are gonna connect in your life or throughout your life, you know. So um, exactly. Uh, you know, like key you, there. Yeah, I mean, we could have never done anything together, but you may have offhand mentioned it to somebody, you know, like, oh, oh, you're looking for a copywriter? Well, there's this, you know, this new kid that keeps hounding me, you know. Why don't you go talk to him? And then that could have turned into something, you know what I mean? And, and that's exactly what's happened, too, as a result of, you know, you keeping in touch with me and being persistent, um, you know, but not in the, not bugging me, just constantly maintaining contact You've gotten work um, from other people that you know are are also kind of in my network too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll, the way to think about it, I guess, is you know how everybody tells you to build like an email list and you know send out good content, like, and then you know don't really pitch your stuff too much and build a relationship with people. Exactly. I think, I think that's what it is, and it's that times that process gets multiplied times like a thousand when you actually personally have met somebody and talked with them, and you know, uh, once you're over 21, <laughs> and you have beers with them at the bar and everything at seminars, uh, 
you know, and I, I think that process just gets kind of multiplied. And just, you know, be, being nice to people and when you think of something nice for somebody, you know, because I don't, I, it really, it, it takes nothing to, you know, once you talk to somebody, you're like, oh, you're in that niche or you're, this is what you're doing, this is what you're working with, you know. If you stumble across something on the Internet, you know, like I don't know about uh, other people, but at least for most of us copywriters and, you know, marketing-minded people, you're always looking at things in a marketing mindset. So when you stumble across something in that niche and you're like, oh, that was that person's niche, and they're like, oh, well, that would probably help them. Oh, I'll give them that idea. So you just send it off to them. It's like, oh, maybe they can do something with it, you know. So you just generally, uh, whenever the idea strikes you, you know, take that couple seconds to help somebody out, and uh, you never know really what's going to happen with it. So what really basically launched your career and got you your first clients was going to seminars and then just keeping in touch with those people and following up uh, yeah. to maintain the relationship. Yes, sir. Uh, just, yeah, pretty much uh, networking both through, um, you know, live seminars. And uh, that was back when, you know, Michelle Fortin had his uh, copywriters board. And uh, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I participated a whole lot on there, but I, I kind of, you know, PM some people, some guys that were already established copywriters and talked to them and eventually developed relationships with them, you know, kind of in the same way. Uh, and even those never meeting those people face to face, just trying to be a genuinely nice guy. Like uh, we had Ben Settle on the call the other day, you know, and uh, he he reminded me. But I had I had sent him like a bunch of stuff, you know, back when I was first starting out. Um, and uh, yeah, I can still remember. I sent him a couple things. Like uh, I remember him talking about like audio for his website, and then I I came across some like free Flash audio software or something. And I was like, oh yeah, I bet Ben could use this. So you know, I'd send him stuff, and you know. So it's all cool. You know, you just you be nice to people and network and uh you know, you never know where that stuff's gonna go. That's cool. Um there's one other thing I wanna ask you about and then I'd like to get into some of these questions. We got a bunch of questions from uh people on the call or they're uh, listening in on the on the webcast, I guess. Um and I'm still jealous about this. You got featured in an article in Clayton Make Pieces uh um website the the make piece total package didn't you yeah yeah i sure did how did how did that come about <laughs> uh the same way Because, uh, yeah so i met john Newton was the guy that won you know first place but he was working directly with clayton and uh you know he moved down there to their offices and everything and um you know, at that time, I was really still gung-ho about uh, being a copywriter and, you know, working with those guys in any way that I could. And, uh, you know, John just was like, you know, what's good for me is good for you, you know, because, uh, you know, we had stayed in contact with the crit circle and everything. So he's like, don't worry, this will, this will, you know, help you out too. And uh, when the time came, you know, um, I got a he, – he he had a column, I guess, in that uh, e-zine, and um, he, he interviewed me for it. So that's how that happened. Yeah, that's credibility out the wazoo, man. I would, I would, if I were you, I'd be using that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be emailing the link to to everybody on my list uh, to, to that interview that that you did for Clayton Make Pieces site. No doubt. Yeah, I, I put it, I put it up on uh, once I finally put up a website for my uh, myself and my services. Uh, <laughs> I put it on the uh, just on the about page. But, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm lazy, one, I don't really want to write an about page. And, two, like, this is pretty much the best, you know, because it had my, pretty much everything we talked about here, just not as in detail, and, you know, so plenty of about stuff. Um, I want to get in, I want to talk with you 
in a minute about getting started in copywriting. I especially want to talk with you about what to charge because that's a question I get a lot. But let's let's if let's get into some of these reader questions if you don't mind, and we can talk about other stuff after that. Mm-hmm. Um, John in Macon, Georgia, is asking, "What is the quickest way to ramp up your skills?" What is the quickest way to ramp up your self-confidence and your abilities? And what is the quickest way to move into making a good living as a copywriter? Let's take uh, the first. Let's take the first one there. What's the quickest way to ramp up your skills? Skills would definitely. The quickest way would probably be uh, to learn how to sell. Like go do some, get a sales job, uh, part time or something like that, and um, you know just kind of get into that visceral process of selling stuff face to face with people. Uh, in addition to that, I'd say the other thing that really helped when I was first starting out, um, you know, read everything that you come across, all the sales letters, uh, study all the techniques, you know, um, there's plenty, like I said, I never took a how-to, uh, copy course. Um, I just read a lot of sales letters, read all the free information on Gary Halbert's, uh, site and on, you know, Clayton makes piece of site when his stuff started coming out. But, uh, more importantly, I actually did what Gary said, and that was to handwrite out, uh, some sales letters. And I did that with uh, a couple of, I think they were a couple of Gary's letters, and uh, even to, I think, with one of Caleb O'Dowd's letters that he first put out, because Gary was just raving about it in his newsletter. And I was like, oh, that's good as any to start with. So I actually hammered out a lot of uh, sales letters, um, and I, I think that really helps getting that process into your uh, into your your memory. Um, so that's one of the the best ways to quickly ramp up your skills. Just I I agree. Yeah, to make it easier for people to read a lot and do it a lot, write a lot. You yep, got to be writing. Writers so, write. Yeah, exactly. Writers write. You know, if you're not writing, you're you're just joking. You're kidding yourself. Like, get started doing something. You know, put the, it, uh, you know, write fake sales letters for fake projects or like a dream project that you would want to start if you had a business or something like that. Or try to, you know, Clayton recommends that when you get a mailing in the mail, you know, how would you knock it off and try to beat it and make it better. You know, find a product that really gets you fired up and write a sales letter for it. And, uh, you know, I never, I don't think I did that because I had my own little projects going on, you know, so I was already writing sales letters. But that's the thing. I did, I did something. I started writing. I did, I just started writing sales letters as soon as I understood halfway the concept, you know. Your first, your first hit's never going to be, uh, I mean, you're never going to be good the first time you step up to the plate, you know what I mean? Um, I'm reading a book right now uh, called uh, Talent is Overrated. And basically they've discovered in the last couple of years that uh, they can't really find any scientific evidence for talent. Um, most most people that are considered geniuses or born geniuses or just have this divine spark of inspiration and stuff, they really just, uh, when you put it together, all these people have just trained for years. And then by the time they get noticed, people just think it's an overnight success, and it's really not. And they actually point out, like, a 10-year rule for even, like, like the – it's crazy, like the Beatles – I guess uh, Paul McCartney and uh, the other dude have been had been working together in that band for like 10 years before they had their really big uh, album that was a success. Uh, Mozart, most people think, was like a child genius when it came to playing music, but his father was actually like a, a really famous musician that specialized in teaching children, had just written a book on how to teach children uh, music, and like pretty much put Mozart through intensive training since he was like three years old. You know, Tiger Woods was trained since he was like three years old. So all these people that see success early in life have actually still been training. So my point is just that um, you know if you're not doing something, you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna get better. Uh, you just gotta do you gotta put to work what you're learning as you're learning it. 
That's true. The, and the serendipity of that is, um, if you write, if you want to get started as a copywriter and you're writing every day, you know, let's say you get a direct mail promotion in the mail and you decide, you know what, I think I could do better with this. So you write that promotion, even though it's not a real thing. Well, you know what, you've, you're starting a portfolio. At least you can, you've got samples of your work now too. Yeah. That that's uh, you know since this, since the rest of his question is you know how to how to make money with it I'll just I'll put it all together. What I wish I had done is uh, um, I'd started I wish I had started a blog as soon as I got involved in copywriting and it just starting writing uh, post after post you know write one article a day. If you get up in the morning Monday through Friday write one article a day. You know if you're a real badass you can do it you know seven days a week but I, I like to take the weekends off write write one article a day Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, put it up on your blog about the stuff you're, you're reading about, you know, like as you're learning about headlines, you know, write a blog post about what makes for a good headline. And then, uh, you know, when you get these promotions and you want to tear them apart or you think you could do better, you know, you could just do a post about that. Be like, okay, I got this promotion in the mail. Here's what I think they did wrong. Here's, here's why. Here's the principle that I think they could have done better on. And here's how I would have rewrote it, you know? Like if you do, uh, if you do stuff like that, I mean, you, you're, you're number one, you're writing. So you're, you're getting better at the, the skill of writing. Number two, you're displaying your uh, your authority and like uh, expert status to everybody uh, in the world, anybody that might hire you. Number three, there's really not that many like great uh, copywriting blogs out there, um, you know, that have a lot of good content, especially not updated like uh, a lot. Uh, you know, number number four, you could really easily within uh, a couple months have a, your own book. If you if you plan it out right, like if you make an outline and and uh, about a, a simple book of you know um, how to write copy that sells or how to make more sales from your website, you know whatever you're specializing in or you want to specialize. Most of the work uh, I think nowadays is online, and so you you know you step up to the higher ranks if you, if you choose to do that and do uh, with some direct mail companies. But um uh you you know and and you write like a post for each of the chapters, you know. You do a couple posts for each chapter and just kind of outline it on a piece of paper. Then go ahead and write it in a daily format, piecemeal. Then you got a book, and then you give that book away when people come to your website in exchange for their email address. And then you follow up with them. You know, just your basic direct marketing principles in action. But if you do it this way, then uh, you know you're accomplishing a, a ton of things. You're getting good at the skill that you want to get good at fast. You're practicing. You're displaying your expert status. You're creating a product. You could create a product you could sell, you know, and uh, that same process can work. And then uh, through that blog, you know, the networking principle we were talking about now, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I just emailed people before because um, there was, you know, the copywriters board. It was a forum where lots of copywriters hung out on, uh, but that's not there anymore. And I think there's one that got replaced, and there's other Internet marketing forums. But e even if you go and participate in those forums, uh, you know, if you put a link back to your blog there, and then you comment on other copywriters and marketers' blog posts and things like that. You know, you'll you'll pretty quickly get known around the uh, around the internet. I mean, Dan, since you converted your 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 site over to a blog, you've seen more traffic, right? Oh yeah, yeah, quite a bit more. Google is Google likes it a whole lot better now. And you, I mean, and you really haven't like done any cross-linking or you know like gone and commenting on people's blog and really tried to get people back to your site either, have you? I've done none of that. I should, but I've done none of it. All I've done is just uh, put con – well, recently, now that I've gotten more involved with it, is start putting more content up regularly. Right. So imagine, you know, if you're just getting started and you really want to set yourself apart, I mean, just do that. You know, be the guy that 
be the guy that works harder than everybody else, you know, and uh, that's what I would recommend, and you're going to make yourself better in the process. Good advice. Um, another question from Bernardo in Denver. Um, well, how do you get new clients that have never heard of your name before? Do you start with a direct mail campaign? How does your portfolio fit in, and when would you show it to them? So the how do you get new clients? We pretty much talked about the best way to get new clients. Mm-hmm. Um, how does your portfolio fit in when you show it? Yeah, how how important would you say is it to have a portfolio of work to present to a potential client? Uh, you know, I'd say that's that's pretty important. It's really cool once you uh if you can get some some uh, you know, actual results. Uh once that happens, you know, it makes it a lot easier, but even still just having, you know, like we talked about your own little portfolio of uh, you know, even fake sales letters, quote unquote, you know, it it would still be good. Um, definitely, like, if you do the blog route that I was telling you, I mean, you, your whole blog is a portfolio. I mean, you've demonstrated your expertise. Nobody's really going to question it uh, at that point. But um, for for now, and I forget to do this sometimes, whenever, because I'll get, like, introductions made from people I've worked with or whatever, and I, I just kind of forget to tell myself or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, definitely before you kind of, um, before you get into any discussions about, like, really working together, uh, you know, this is just part of the stuff I learned from face-to-face selling. If, if you're going to be selling your services to somebody, um, you don't want the objection when you're ready to close to be, oh, well, you know, let me, do you have any work I can see that you've done? You know, so just like in a, a sales letter before you ask for the order, you, you're going to show some testimonials, right? So, uh, you know, definitely if, once you get, if someone talks to you or, or, uh, you call somebody or email them or whatever, uh, from like a cold approach, I guess, um, you know, if you talk to them and they're like, hey, I, you know, actually, yeah, I have been kind of looking for a copywriter. Oh, cool. Well, uh, I'm available this time next week to chat, but uh, here's my the samples that are posted here on my blog. Um, you can go check check it out. This is the samples page, um, and really that's all my. I have a I have a website now, a quote blog, but I've got I got one post on there, one article that I I, I felt uh, squirrely one day and I put up. But other than that, I got one article and I got that about page with the interview I did for the total package. And I have a uh, an opt-in form, and once you opt in, there's my samples, and that's it. Uh, I mean, I really, I I'm not recommending that to people. I'm just saying, like, that's pretty much all I do is when I talk to people, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, we'll chat about that a little bit. Um, here's my free, uh, you know, call me, get them to call you. That usually positions you better. But uh, that's just a small thing. It's not really that important. But uh, and then just be like, you know, check out my samples page before we talk, and that way you can kind of get an idea of, you know, what I do or what I'm. Uh, what you're working on, and I mean, if, if, if there are people that understand what what a copywriter is, then they're most likely going to understand, see, be able to recognize good copy from bad copy. Um, so that's always good if you if you uh, have some good samples. That's true. Um, a question from Scott in Newfoundland. Wow. Um, I have subscribers from all over the world that I didn't even know about. Um, we kind of already covered this, but let me let me ask it anyway, see if it, uh, it provokes any new thoughts. What's your best tip or two for a starting copywriter to begin making the big bucks? Uh, one, uh, okay, I'll give you two good tips. And these are, <laughs> these are mistakes I see that I made. Uh, one is, um uh don't be afraid to 
one is don't be afraid to work. Um, I got, I, I've always been really kind of protective of my lifestyle. So, uh, there's a lot of things I could have done. Like for instance, the whole blog thing I was telling you to do that I didn't do in the beginning because I saw it as just a, a lot of work and extra work. Uh, you know, to get up every day, write an article, um, you know, just with something I was like, ah, oh, you know, that'll take a while. But, you know, daily actions really add up quick. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Gary Bensavenga wrote a blog or a post about that or an article one time about that. How, like, uh, if you just try to improve yourself 1% each week, like, that's a really easy thing to do, 1% each week. And most people, you know, fail when they try to improve themselves because they try to, you know, get better overnight. And it's really hard to do that, if at all. But if you can improve 1% a week, you're almost double, you know, 100% better by the end of the year. You're halfway, you know, 50% better, right? So you've almost doubled your skills, like, in a in just a year. Uh, so the same thing goes for the working stuff, right? So um, don't be afraid to work, you know, like, um, the little things really add up uh, like that. One person I admire who did do this was, uh, you know, Ben Settle really did a good job of, we've talked to him a couple times, and he's like, yeah, when I had no work, you know, I'd write like three or four articles a day and post them up on websites and, you know, put them on my site, and it's like, yeah, that's what I should have done. Uh, so that's number one, don't be afraid to work. And kind of what goes along with that is, uh, you know, uh, say yes to more opportunities than you think you can deal with. Um Say what I mean by that is uh, I kind of strayed away from anything where I thought uh, where I thought I'd have a lot of like commitment to do, or I thought I'd be committing myself to too many different things. Because uh, what happens is a lot of stuff um, you kind of under. Uh, Tim Ferriss wrote about this in his book, The Four Hour Work Week. Like uh, your work uh, expands to fill the time you allot for it, right? So if you're really super busy and you have a lot of things on your plate you're going to get uh, things done before deadlines, and you're going to pretty much easily make your deadlines and things like that. But uh, what I did a lot of times is I, I, I didn't hustle and didn't – part of, you know, not promoting myself as much as I should have because I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm working on this right now, you know. I, I can't really take on anything else. Or somebody would be like, hey, you know, um, I'm not really looking for a one-time shot, but, you know, could we work to, could we work on a long-term basis? I'm kind of looking for someone like that. And I'd be like, no, you know. And really, those long-term contracts can be really, really good for you and uh, really valuable if uh, if you embrace them. Um, I actually, even though I was, like, super committed to working with uh, Clayton Makepeace, you know, when I first started that journey and went to his, his conference and everything, uh, about a year later after that whole thing, um, right before they opened up in their newsletter to uh, advertise for new writers to come down there and be a copy cup under, you know, and Clayton's crew down there, um, I got offered the job through email, you know, through the people I knew there. And, you know, I turned it down because I was like, well, you know, it's a it's a salaried position. Um, you know, I was kind of looking for that overnight success thing still. I was like, you know, it's a salaried position. I have to move, and I'd really be working a lot. <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't be getting up at 10 in the morning anymore. Uh and you know I don't I don't regret that now because there's some amazing things that happened in my life you know around that same time so I know it was definitely the right choice that I stayed but I, I could I, I know that that type of mindset of you know being a, kind of kind of afraid to work and you know you kind of get sold I guess I'm just being honest here you kind of get a lot of people get sold on this whole idea of uh, the what's the AWAI letter like retire this year and make more money than doctors or something yeah yeah headline. exactly. 
you know, so everybody kind of gets sold on this idea of, well, you're just going to work a few hours a day and everything. And, and really, I mean, you know, the best hustle and they work hard and they're, they're smart about what they do. Um, you know, guys that really did well when they first started out, uh, and really hustled and, and, and worked it like it was a real business, you know, like Ben Settle and, uh, you know, Ray Edwards, uh, did a real good job building a list and things like that, you know, um, and establishing themselves as experts, you know, that that's what I recommend to anybody not to do what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. You, you've, you've already, uh, you've already navigated the minefield, so to speak. So you, you can, uh, you know, lead the way and help people avoid the same mistakes you did. I want to talk real quick about some kind of related to Scott's question. You know, he asked, what's the best tip for starting copywriters to be, begin making the big bucks. Um, I want to talk about fee schedule. <laughs> Uh, your fees are a lot more than when you first started. But when you first started, you weren't commanding the big fees at all, were you? No, not at all. And were you pretty the... much? Were you were you doing like uh, John Carlton said, just the shameless whore, just taking any work just to get the experience? Yeah, basically shameless whore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I should have been even more shameless, is what I'm saying. You know. Uh, because I, I guess when I started out, I was uh, I think my first client was like two thousand dollars, and the second client was like uh, only fifteen hundred dollars a letter or something like that. Um, I'm saying only now, and I don't know if that seems like a lot to people or it seems like very little, uh, you know. But compared to, I, I had this big concept of you know what a copywriter makes and and how much I should charge, and uh, so it seemed little at the time. But again, uh, you know, if I had hustled, you know. And really gone out of my way to get a bunch of those, even if you're if you just whore the heck out of yourself, you know. And there, there's work out there for you, you know, if you if you go looking for it. And at those prices, um, even if uh, you, you don't have to really worry about the whole, oh, I want to position myself as this copywriter who's got tons of work and is in demand and everything. I mean, it, it, at those prices, you can you know cold approach uh, most most businesses that are look that would work with you uh for those prices I think are pretty reasonable um you know and and there's different ways you could maybe work out the the fee schedule you know uh I would definitely say I never I never really wrote anything for free um but some people talk about doing I guess spec work you know but uh yeah I definitely don't agree with writing anything for free you should do I'll tell you what I did do I, the first client I had, that, how I got that $2,000, was uh, he had already spent $6,000 on a another copywriter. And the copy just was horrible, and it bombed, and it just wasn't good at all. And uh, so he was really wary about hiring another writer. And, you know, um, what I really wanted was, you know, the uh, $5,000, $10,000, whatever uh, that, you know, other copywriters charge. And uh, I was like, so I, I, I made him an offer. I was... It's funny how um, I forget the saying, but it's like uh, inexperience is uh, the I don't know something to do with cockiness and inexperience. But I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what. You pay me this amount, two thousand dollars for this letter, and if it doesn't convert it at one percent, then uh, you know I'll pay you the money back. And then we we talked about it. What's that? I'm I'm sorry. That's pretty gutsy. Yeah, it was really gutsy, kind of ballsy. Um, but I was really confident that I could, I definitely knew I could do better than the, the letter he already had. Uh, and I was just really confident that, um, he'd done a lot of research. So he had a ton of research on this and knew the market really well. And I was like, yeah, man, I could knock this out of the park. And, 
it, I guess we worked it out. I think in the actual contract, like I would pay him back uh, on a, a monthly fee if it didn't work for so many months, you know. So it would be something I could actually do, and it was a viable thing, and I wasn't just talking. Uh, and if you ever make a deal like that, don't promise specific percentage points. <laughs> promise, uh, like, uh, profitability or something like that. Because that letter I wrote for him, actually, it pulled uh, through Google AdWords. We, it had, he had, like, a basic and deluxe version. And the copy was good enough to sell. If people read it, it sold the deluxe version, which was, like, a 100 and some bucks. And it and uh, it sold enough of those that it was actually profitable, but it wasn't. I think it was only like half a percent or something like that. So the the actual conversion rate wasn't where it was, but it was profitable. It was making this guy money, and he was really. We both were really stuck on this like mindset of oh, like a letter should convert at a certain percent. When really, uh, I guess you could correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I think profitability is a, a more important uh, metric than you know the percentage something converts at. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. I couldn't care if it was point zero 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 one percent if I make yeah. money. I really don't care about uh, percentage. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes when you're like, oh, I'm a professional copywriter, but hey, that's making me money, that product, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, so if you ever do a deal like that, do it on some other factor other than percentage points because that gets kind of screwy with uh depending on sources of traffic and all that stuff. There's a lot of factors with that. But anyways, so yeah, you can do you can do a lot of things. If you're gutsy and you think you can really just knock the pants off something, you know, you could you could make a risk free uh uh offer like that. Um I think uh that you could probably start that that fee schedule. I know a lot of copywriters that started that fee schedule. I wouldn't go much below that. I mean if to really do a good job and you want to do a great job with your first clients, uh because um, I'd say 80% of my work has been repeat clients. You know, if you do a, if you do a good job, you know, people are going to come back, and plus you're going to have uh, results in your portfolio now. So you definitely want to knock it out of the park. And if you're only getting paid 500 bucks or something, I don't, I don't know about you, but it's hard to put a lot of time into something if I'm only getting paid a, a couple hundred bucks for it. So, you know, get enough uh, for the job to where you can you can actually uh, it's going to make you work for it and it's going to make you focus. And hopefully, when you're just starting out, you you got that really burning desire, anyways, where you just you want to you're really excited about your first job and all that. So it should take care of itself. But um, yeah, that's my advice for that. I guess did I kind of answer I, that question or go off on a tangent? Yeah, no, that's good. I got it. Well, let me ask you. We're a little bit over time. Can you can you stick around like maybe fifteen twenty more minutes because a bunch of questions have come in. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. If uh you know, if anybody needs to jump off the call, uh I understand we uh we said it would, I, I believe or maybe I didn't. I thought I said it'd be an hour call or maybe I didn't put a time limit on it, but do I've got there's so many questions that I came in, I'd like to cover those and I got some questions for you too. So if you don't mind sticking around a little while longer. Um All right. Um What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, you you brought up something, you know, a lot of guys hear about, you know, Gary Halbert would charge 15 grand for a sales letter or to write copy, you know, the the big guys Clayton Makepeace, Ben Zavangel would charge 25, 30 grand or more, you know, plus a piece of the action. So I think a lot of young guys think they're going to start in this business and start commanding those high fees, but um, you know, like you said, take any work you can get at first, you know, price it so, you know, Price it so it's it's enough that you know 
it's going to make you work. If you if you underprice yourself, I've found this out too the hard way. You almost resent the client and you resent the work, and I don't think you do your best either. Yeah. Subconsciously, maybe I it may be subconscious, but it's like you know, hey, this this blows. You know, uh, when yeah. it's all said done, you know, I'm only going to make five six bucks an hour because I charge too little. I think subconsciously, you kind of uh, you don't do the best job that you could. But in all honesty, a guy starting out is not going to be getting ten or fifteen grand for a sales letter. No, um, and I'll tell you something about that that might help people is uh, a lot of people think that uh, maybe I mean Make Peace and uh, Ben Tavenga they they probably got paid uh, you know twenty five grand or whatever to do a package, but those are still okay. Here's the the thing: you hear about this and they're charging all these fees and everything. A lot of that's for packages. Um, like in direct mail world, you know, it's a full package, which is a sales letter, a, uh, I guess a, a brochure normally in an order form and, you know, in the copy that goes on the outer envelope. So it's still a package, right? So it's more than one, uh, piece of copy. I don't know if this is, people already know this or I was dumb and didn't realize it, but in on the online world too, when you hear about these gurus and they're charging all this money, you know, the, the way you can get your prices up is, okay, so, you do a package meal, right? So, you, uh, so this, the letter's going to cost the client, you know, uh, a thousand bucks plus. Uh, well, let me write you a squeeze page too, so that'll be another five hundred bucks. And then, oh, I don't know, uh, autoresponder emails. You know, that's another I, I don't know twenty five dollars an email, and you need at least you know seven of those because you know studies prove you need at least seven contacts, preferably more, before somebody makes a purchase decision, right? So you kind of put together this package for the client, and then you can present uh, higher fees even when you're just starting out. It also gives you some leveraging too, because if you're if you've ever been in sales, like and uh, you're at the close, you know, and you're you're dropping the price, you don't drop the price for no reason, right? It's you give them uh, one of the, one of the things we used to do is you know you'd be like, well, you know, you know, we really can't do much better than this, but I'll tell you what, you know, if uh, um, if you let us put the uh, sign in your yard that advertises to your neighbors that you know we're we're doing this uh, this job for you, then, uh, you know, we could give you our advertising discount, which is this, right? So you always take away something, you know, if you're going to, in order to drop price, you know, to close the deal or whatever. So that way they can be like, they can be like, no, you know, that's too high. You'd be like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, we can take away the emails. And that, well, that, you know, if I could do this, if I could do this, would you be willing to go ahead and get this started? Or, you know, would that work out for you? Whatever. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's another way to do it. I think that's, if, if you're even hoping to see any, uh, you know, bigger fees, and if those first fees I was telling you about are really you're kind of discouraged about starting out, um, that's something I've learned is doing packages. You get, especially now, uh, this just came to me, You uh, I've, a lot of stuff I've done lately is like product launch stuff, right? So Jeff Walker has this great product launch formula. And if you, uh, just like, you know, sales copywriting and sales, I mean, if you've seen it done to you enough times, or it, you should viscerally understand the process and how to do it. So you don't even need, you know, uh, it's good to get a $2,000 course, but you, you don't even need it if you've seen it enough times. And we've all been through enough product launches. You know, you could put together a product launch with your copywriting skills. Uh, you know, and, and if you really want to get your fees up, I've never done it, but you could offer to write, like, the reports that go out with it and everything. I know some copywriters do that as well. Uh, you know, like the free giveaways they give out and then the scripts for the videos. And I've written a few video scripts and things like that, you know, but um, that's definitely that's more stuff you can put on your plate. And that goes along with the not being afraid to work type thing. And uh, you, if you really hustle, I mean, you can you can definitely make some money in this business right away, right when you're starting out. That's excellent advice about um, 
bundling up the other services. You know, okay, you'll, you'll get the sales copy, but, you know, I can also do the, I can do the squeeze page, I can do the autoresponder. That's excellent advice for a, for a new copywriter. Yeah, uh, uh, and I'll say this too. You, it, me and you both know when you're running your own projects, the sales letter is what, like, I don't know. I'm not going to say it. It's a very small percentage of the overall uh, success of your marketing campaign, right? So if the click starts at a Google AdWords ad, you know, why don't you write the Google AdWords ad for the client too? Because he's going to be judging your copy on whether it works, right? But you don't know if he's sending – if he, you don't know if he landed on one of his websites that says uh, $29.99 and we'll send a million visitors to your website by tomorrow. <laughs> you know, those, those aren't targeted clicks to the website. They're like, oh, man, your sales are didn't convert for nothing. I sent a million clicks to this website, you know. So it's like, you know, be, this is a way of helping somebody out while also, you know, putting more work on your plate and getting to make more money and be like, you know, I'll do the I'll do the Google AdWords ad for you. I'll do the squeeze page, the autoresponders, the sales letter, and, you know, I'll do the follow-up emails, maybe even the customer emails, you know, for upsells or something like that. You know, if you if you study marketing, then you know all the ways that you could add uh, money to a business, business and profit to a business, so you can offer all those different uh, ways. And your your clients will appreciate it. You know, don't be afraid to bring it up because you're you're showing them how to make more money. And uh, you know, most of them, I don't know, a lot of them, uh, you, you you get two types of clients. You get the guys that have no clue what they're doing, and they're just starting out. And you got to kind of uh, lead them through everything, and then you get you get the guys that are already running like million dollar businesses or a couple hundred grand a year or whatever, and they come to you they're like, all right, you know, I know I need to be doing this, I know I need to be doing this, but my problem is time. So can you do this for me? And you know, they're, then they're gonna both of those people are gonna love it when you bring up extra stuff. That's uh, that advice is worth a lot of money to copywriters uh, right there. That's that's extremely valuable advice. Plus. You said you know you're, you're basically kind of taking all the steps you can to ensure the success of your copy. I mean, if you're writing the whole process from the guy's Google AdWords, you know, the, the, you're 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 writing everything for the whole process from the the them coming in the top of the funnel there at the Google AdWords, the the sales landing page, all the follow up stuff. Yeah. That's that's really good advice. I never thought of it that way because if you just get hired to write the letter. Well, you know, maybe the letter could possibly just knock it out of the ballpark, but his Google AdWords suck, and they're bringing in crappy, unqualified yep. traffic. So, yep. so excellent advice, not only excellent advice for helping copywriters make more money, but also to ensure your success. Yeah, and and you know, and and maybe you can present it to the client in that exact way that look. You know, I want this to be successful. If I just write your landing page, I can't really 100% guarantee this is going to succeed. But if I do this, from the Google AdWords to all the follow-up autoresponders, you know, we found that we get an X percent, uh, you know, better conversion. And so, yes, Mr. Prospect, I understand that, you know, it's more than you wanted to budget for just your sales letter or your landing page. But by doing it this way and, and, you know, having me write all these services for you, you know, we're guaranteeing the success of the project. Yeah, exactly. And then, it, I mean, if it's, you know, a guy that's already got a successful business and he's looking for you to, to help make it better, then that can become an ongoing relationship too, you know. And you're like, okay, well, just get back to me and, you know, let's figure out, we're tracking everything, let's figure out what's doing, you know, what's breaking down in the process. And then at that point it's just, uh, you know, so we're getting we're getting a high, you know, we're getting a 
people to buy it, but, you know, we're not getting enough traffic. Okay, maybe we need to tweak the AdWords ad to get, you know, open up the funnel a little more, get more people in there. Or we're getting way so much traffic, it's, it's converting poorly now and it's not as profitable. Okay, let's, you know, tighten up the AdWords ad, you know, and kind of, you know, so it's different parts of the process that you could work on after the initial uh, sale with him, and he'll appreciate it too because you, you care about the success of the of, of the project. And if, if you're just honest about all this stuff, because this is, this is truth, you know, like a big part of the, uh, the process is, you know, everything that happens before, before the sale, um, you know, before, before they land on your landing page. So if you're honest about all this and, and you're, and you, you're honest about, you know, well, you know, I could, you know, quote you a really low price, but, you know, it's not really going to be worth my time. And I don't think it's going to give you the best, uh, you know, measure of success or a chance of success. We'll be like, well, you know, that sounds pretty logical. And then you can just help each other out and make good money. That's great advice. That right, that that tip right there is is uh, worth a lot of money to to any copywriter. Hey, uh, go through a few more of these questions. Byron in the UK is up really late. I think they're like five hours ahead of us or six hours ahead of. Eastern Standard Time. It's nine twenty one Eastern Standard Time in the US. I I think he's staying up really late. So thanks for being <laughs> on the call, Byron. Um he says he asks, is video script about to be the new copy standard for the web? I know you write for a lot of really big online marketers, so what's your take on that? You've written some video scripts and so what's your take on that? Is that an up and coming thing for uh for copywriters? Yeah, I think it's one of those things you uh you you should get good at. Um, it's never going to replace text on the web, I don't think. Uh, at least not in the foreseeable future, like really, you know, close future. Um, just the there's a lot of reasons why, but I just don't see it replacing text at any point uh, soon. Um, and I did. I haven't done extensive testing on it, but at one time I remember I put a video on one of my landing pages, and I was driving traffic to it, and I was split testing it against uh, a landing page without the video. And the one uh, without the video uh, pulled the same. So, I mean, some sometimes it doesn't even help. Uh, I think I think it's definitely something to get good at. It, is, it could be a way you could. Um, I actually I think I stumbled on a dude's site the other day that w- he presented himself solely as a uh, video sales letter writer, and he had a little video sales letter on his uh, homepage. Actually, no, I think he had a sales letter underneath his video. Um, but yeah, I think it's important. Uh, a lot of the gurus are using it because. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things, like with the product launch process, you know, uh, a lot of times the prospects are so sold, they're not even reading the whole sales letter, um, they're going straight to the order form, but um, there's many different personality types of people, and uh, certain people, you know, will read every word of a sales letter twice, and print it out, and, you know, think about the decision, and this and that, and then there's other people that, uh, you know, Skim, they see the headline, they go, oh, okay, this is one of the sales letter things. Let me scroll up. Oh, okay, there's a, there's a price. Okay, and then they click the button. Or someone will just look for an order button, click it, go look at the price. They're like, oh, okay, I think I'll skim through the sales letter now. You know, so you got all types of different people. Um, so I think video is good in that respect because, uh, you know, you, you, kin- you know, kinesthetic people that, you know, respond to touch more and we can't touch people through, uh, through the internet yet, but you know we got visuals and auditories and things like that. You know, so it's definitely a, a good a good component. Um, I don't think it's a cure all for anything yet, but uh, it's definitely something to become skilled at and add it to your repertoire. You know, if you 
if you're not just a if you're not just another copywriter, but you're a copywriter who also does product launches, who specializes in video scripts and you know things like that, then you're going to do better than you have more to offer a client, just like we were talking about before, uh, than someone that just writes sales letters. Yep, good point. Just one more thing to add to your uh, repertoire. Um, if somebody wants to know Nick in Lakeville wants to know, do you write in Microsoft Word or what program do you write in? Yeah, uh, I do Word, and then uh, I copy everything over to uh, Dreamweaver and um, design all the sales letters in there. When you uh, when you're submitting copy to a client, is is Microsoft Word pretty much the standard that everybody wants the file sent as? Oh, uh, yeah. There's another good question. Um, that's another thing. I, I is like an additional service. Uh, I I almost always lay out the sales letters in HTML format and uh, upload them to my website so that um, David Ogilvy talked about this, uh, or at least I heard a quote that he talked about this. I didn't read any of his books yet, although I, I, I'm going to get to it, I swear. Uh, <laughs> that um, whenever he presented an ad to the client, he didn't just give them the ad. He'd, like, put it uh, in a mock-up of the newspaper or whatever so they'd get the full impact of it. So, you know, if it's going to be an online sales letter and you have the skills and, you're, and they're going to lay it out, you know, lay it out, out on the web, uh, in addition, that's something else. You, you're adding value to the to the sales letter, so you can tack that onto the price. And then, you know, if you're having to 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 sell the job, or you know, they're kind of if you watch it, you're like, okay, well, you know, I'll take away the web design, and that'll knock so, such and such off your price, and I can just deliver it to you in Microsoft Word format, and you know, you can get a guy off Elance to design it or whatever. But, Mr. Client, you know, I I do uh, specialize in direct response design and you know, impactful layout. And, this and that, you know, if you, if you have that skill, which isn't hard to learn. Uh, sales letters are very basic HTML, and if you just, you know, poke around the web and see what people are doing, you'll you'll pick it up pretty quickly. That's uh, that's good advice, and, you know, if you don't have that skill, you could always find somebody who does. You know, when you include that in your price, just price that extra service of delivering the, the copy formatted in, on the, you know, as a web page. Just figure in the price of what you know you're going to have to pay somebody to do it and uh, and add that on. Yeah, yeah, dude. There's a, like Elance or Elance is kind of, there's a lot of people there. So uh, other than Elance, you could, uh, there's people in like the Philippines, you know, you can hire for, well, you can hire full-time for really cheap, like under $1,000 a month, like 600 bucks or even like $200 if you do it uh, directly with those people if you can find them. But, uh, yeah, you could always just be like, okay, it's $600 for the extra web design, but you're paying 200 to a guy on Elance, so you profit 400 You know, So it's almost like just having your own another product. A good point. Exactly. Uh, Daryl in Spokane, Washington, wants to know, uh, where can we get a copy of Caleb's first letter, the one Halbert said we should swipe? Do you still have uh, that? Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think it's still up on my samples page. Um, well, where, what's, what's your yeah, website? Yeah. Uh, Caleb Osborne Consulting. dot com, and then uh, go ahead and opt in, and then I'll bring you to the samples page. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, I don't. I have like I think, I think I have one autoresponder message to tell you the truth, because that's the one that points to the samples. But uh, right after you confirm, it'll uh, it'll send you the samples page, and it's the one. Um, I think it's what the heck is it? Dollar bill letter or something like that is the title of it. But I think I put in parentheses, this is the one Gary Halbert said was really good. And, I mean, when you look at it, you'll see why Gary liked it. It was totally his type of letter. <laughs> like, just totally swiped from Gary. It, Caleb Osborne, com, and Osborne is spelled O-S-B-O-R-N. 
N E, right? Correct. Yeah, there's no U. Me and Ozzy Osbourne differ in that respect. <laughs> um, and we got a bunch, bunch of questions. I, I just, I'm. I, we covered the main ones because a lot of them are duplicates. Um, right. One I've gotten a bunch. I know this is going to be hard to answer, but uh, Andrew in Los Angeles, I'm just starting out. How much I, should I charge for various types of copy, i.e., sales letter, brochure, web page? Do you have any kind of guidelines you can share with us about that? I really don't. Um, I would, you know, like a sales letter is kind of is pretty in depth. So I mean, even when I was starting out, I. I don't think I would have done it for, you know, less than a thousand. Uh if you if you're really timid about pricing stuff, you know. Brochures, um I don't know, I guess in in the hundreds. I don't really do a lot of brochures or anything like that. Um uh yeah, but I mean it's kinda just uh seeing what you can seeing what you can get, I guess. <laughs> you know? Um and kinda in talking to the client you can find out where they are. Uh, but don't get timid too, you know, like state your price because you can always, you know, you can always negotiate, uh, but state what you'd like to get out of it. Uh, that's probably just a good guideline. Just, uh, be confident and state what you, state what, what you want to get out of it, why it's worth that amount, and then, uh, you know, have a backup plan about, you know, like we were talking about, okay, I can take away this or that or, um, you know, well, we could, if we can do this, you know, if you can refer me to five of your friends or something like that, I don't know. Then uh, I could give you a discount, something like that. I'm not sure. That that advice would have saved me a lot of heartache when I first started taking clients. That that you know, don't just present the price of writing the sales letter. Present all the other services too, and it gives you points to negotiate on. Well, you know, okay, this total package price is out of your budget. I can appreciate that. So we'll take off the Google AdWord. We'll take off the autoresponder series and blah blah blah. And we're down to this and that. And now we're within your budget, Mister Prospect. So, I wish I would have known that when I was doing client work. Yeah, no doubt, right? I I, I just discovered it like the last couple of years or so, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely good, and and that goes the other way too, you know. If you've already gotten uh, work from somebody, or you're about to get work, or you know, maybe you, they're already sold on doing a sales letter, then you know you can always upsell them too, you know. Just just like in a department store, you know, if you go in to buy a hundred dollar suit, it's nothing to pick up, uh, you know, the twenty dollar pair of socks and the fifty dollar tie because it seems small in comparison to the the big item, you know. Uh so you can always offer additional things. That's right. Hey um we we've gone over time. There's just one more thing I want to ask you about. Um sure. you don't you don't you aren't just solely a freelance copywriter for clients. You've taken what you've learned and uh and you do your own projects too. Do you do you have any advice about that or any guidelines? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I, uh, do it as soon as possible. Um, find a niche you like or you think you could do well in. Or if uh, you're really set on, uh, you know, being a copywriter, maybe the internet marketing education type niche, you know, uh, even if you're just writing books about yourself and you sell them for like nine bucks or something like that about, you know, how to write copy and things like that, it's still positioning you as somebody who's written some books and you can sell them and maybe you'll make a couple bucks here and there. But, uh, yeah, get started doing something, uh, some of your own products. It, it'll help you appreciate from both sides of the equation, uh, you know, what you would look for if you were going to hire a copywriter. 
Um, it'll help you appreciate the whole process. Um, maybe some of the things you read in books really don't really doesn't test out in the real world. Um, you can offer additional experiences to your client that you wouldn't have ever known if you never were selling your own products. And uh, I th I just believe it's it's overall it's a better model. Uh, here's the thing: once you okay, say you charge you know two thousand three thousand dollars to a client. And uh, you write this letter and you put, you know, weeks into it and hours into it and so much skull sweat and, uh, you know, it's the absolute best thing you got. And you, you give it to him and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome, right? And he turns around the next week he makes six figures with it. Like, <laughs> and you only got to do that a couple times where you start questioning, you know, you're making good money, but you, you question, like, what side of the equation you're, you should be on, you know what I mean? So it's definitely better to be on that other side of the equation and uh, be, be making yourself uh, wealthy as well. And it's one of the things too that the you know copywriting's a highly leveraged job. Like you're gonna be you're making good money, but you know it's still you still have to work. You're still um, trading dollars for hours. So anything you can do to put yourself in a position where the work you do once pays you forever um, is a is a is a good thing to do. Excellent advice. Hey, uh, I really appreciate you being on the call tonight. Um, Got got a lot of questions and a lot of positive feedback from people listening in on the webcast. So thanks a lot. Um, there's still a lot of stuff we didn't get to cover, so hopefully you'll be up to doing another one sometime soon. Okay. Yeah. Hey, were you, buddy? Appreciate it. Give out uh, give out your website again if people uh, want to get more information about you if they're interested in hiring a copywriter. Okay, uh, it's Caleb, C-A-L-E-B, and Osborne, O-S-B-O-R-N-E, and that's consulting, C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G, dot com, calebosborneconsulting.com, and uh, yeah, you can get all this scoop there and uh, sign up to a little opt-in form and get access to the samples, and I probably will not hit you up with the next product launch, but uh, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks a lot. There's uh there's some ideas. Like I said in my in my promotion for the teleseminar, you're you're one of my one of my few go to guys and uh somebody I always bounce ideas off of. So there's actually an idea I do want to bounce off of you, but uh we went a little longer than I, I said we would tonight, so I'll give you a ring tomorrow and we can catch up about that. Okay. Sounds good, man. Thanks again, Caleb. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Dan. Good uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. The moderator has left the conference.